do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to yet another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. What is Zen Parenting Radio, you may ask? It is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. We discuss transformational wisdom, everyday challenges, and pop culture to encourage three things, sweetie. You remember what they are? Uh, Self-awareness. One. um, Laughter and empathy. Uh, Very good. We have three daughters, ages 7, 10, and 12, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, sweetie, to become a better you. And always remember that the best predictor of a child's well-being is what, sweetie? Parent's self-understanding. A parent's self-understanding. Very good, sweetie. Did, did you think I got that wrong? I did, because I was reading at the same time, so I was a little distracted. Are you not listening to me? Um, so we have a few listener questions that we're hopefully going to get to. Uh, I had a parenting awareness that I want to share with you and the audience. Actually, you and I already talked about it. And then just a follow-up from our Tuesday one, which is was kind of a... Th- therapy session. Oh, and Sweetie's thing. Yes. Uh, what's it those called? Are, those are Todd's things. And then I have a thing. What's it called? They're called the five awarenesses. And where'd you get that? I got it from Thich Nhat Hanh. Where did you get that, huh? When we had lunch the other day. <laughs> I wish. You wish. No, I got it from one of Thich Nhat Hanh's books. Um, so yeah. And so it's going to be a good show. So first thing, but we want to talk about the Conference, Zen Parenting Conference with People We Love. Zen Parenting Radio Conference with People We Love, which is March 11th and 12th, 2016. And Todd and I- uh, Introduced it last Tuesday. four or five days ago, yeah, yeah, uh, launched a Kickstarter campaign so we could have some grounding with this thing because it's quite the undertaking and we need to make sure that we have some backers and supporters to make sure the event will be as great as it can be. Um, And so we have some people who have already backed us. Yay! And we so appreciate it. And true to our Kickstarter um, commitment, because we said anybody who backs us, they get their name read on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to start with number one. We're going to say Tom Kelly. Hey, Tom Kelly. Then we're going to say Carolyn and Kevin Rogers. And then my sister, Christine McFadden, also Maddie McFadden's mother. Yeah. Because she was on our show a few weeks ago. Um, and then Aris Troncoso. And Craig Force. Rick Williams. No. I'm just kidding. I <laughs> He's called, a friend. I called Rick and said thank you to him. <laughs> um, Georgia DeClark. Autumn Van Diver. Peggy Jividen. That's my aunt. Yes. We don't, love- we don't, there's no cuckoo. Just a joke, sweetie. Um, Annie Burnside, our good buddy. Elizabeth Broderick. No. no. Give give claps up for Elizabeth. So thank you to everybody I just read. Thank you so much for supporting um, the cause. Supporting us and I know many of you have tickets so you'll be with us yep. at that event meaning cuz part of the Kickstarter campaign is you can buy your tickets at a great price with VIP seating with all sorts of perks. Securing so, your spot. So anyway, if you want to check out our Kickstarter campaign, and I hope you do, yep. go to zenparentingradio.com. You can click on events or it's on the homepage. You can click on where it says support our Kickstarter campaign, but you can go to events um, and read it and see what we're doing. We put a lot of time into creating this campaign. It wasn't a, you know, a small thought. Mm-hmm. It was a big thought. And, and no contribution is too small. Yeah. Yeah, don't yeah, do what you can. Um, we appreciate it all. We appreciate anything. And that is that. That is that. All right, good job, sweetie. So um Tuesday I kinda 
we got some pretty good feedback from some listeners. And uh, for those of you who didn't listen on Tuesday, I've been struggling a little bit with certain challenges, like day-to-day challenges. And I kind of just threw them out there for Kathy and the rest of you listeners to hear. And we kind of talked through it. And I feel like there was a connection with at least some of you. So hopefully you learned it. And I want to kind of report that I do feel like I have turned a little bit of a corner in that, um, you know, one of the things that we talked about is like, I know all this, I know how to get through it. I know how to do it, but I couldn't talk myself into it, um, regarding these, you know, job work challenges. And, um, one thing I realized, um, or at least it finally, I finally worked through it was my goal was not to, um, get through it so I can be happy. My, my, what, where I finally ended up being is to sit in my frustration of what these challenges were, but at the same time, find joy at the same time. I come from a world where I either want things to be black or white, good or bad, yes or no. And um, I finally just kind of decided that I can have these frustrations and at the same time find joy and maybe not in that specific scenario, but in other scenarios. So like, you know, focusing on the good, like it's so easy to focus on what's not working in your world. At least it was for me last week or earlier this week. And what I finally did was I decided to focus on some of the things that were working and it had, you know, it gave me a realization and the blanket of heaviness kind of was lifted off at least for a little bit. Well, and let me say, because sometimes when we say focus on the good and focus on what's working, it sounds like it's another thought process. Mm. And it's not, at least in my uh, my assumption, that really what it means to me to focus on the good is not just to be like, okay, I'm going to think about the good, I'm going to think about the good, because you can't outthink your thoughts. Right. What you do is you turn toward something that's good mm. and enjoy it. Right. Meaning I am going to sit in the seat and look up to the sun yeah. and just feel the sun. Yeah. I am going to, instead of working at seven o'clock at night, I'm going to watch a good movie. Right. I am going to, when I see my children, give them the biggest hug ever. I, it's often action oriented. Right. I mean, sometimes it, we can go into a meditative place where we go to that peaceful place where it is more about being. Yeah. But I think sometimes we have to turn toward not just say I'm going to focus on what working what's working and make it a thinking process. We take steps because what I noticed you did was you started moving. Yeah, I, I took a body. few hours off of my work day and I rode my bike to yoga and then I rode back and then I did yard work and there was energy in motion. That's right. And I think that helped me clear it out a little bit. And it was also multi, it was purposeful. Yeah. It was good for your body. It was good for your mind. You did some yard work and you switched gears. You got away from your computer, which mm. is your common place to be. Yeah. And you said, I'm going to do something different. Yeah. And there was a, and there's a beauty in being outside. And so a lot of times when I was just sharing this with a friend about if you want to make changes, you got to do something different. Yeah. And she just did not understand what I was trying to say and like, well, what do you mean? I need to get a new job. I need to do this. And it's not that grand. Yeah. Just in this moment when you want to rage or when you want to stay on the computer or you want to say bad things on email or on social networking, you choose something different yeah. and you put your face as we, I was, I've been, this quote has been going around my head because we rewatched uh, Wild on Tuesday night. And if any of you guys have read Cheryl Strayed's book, Wild, or seen the movie Wild, 
one of the lessons from her mother was you put yourself in the way of beauty. And just by doing that, it's making a different decision than staying in the midst of constant, um, irrational, worrisome thinking. Right. No, I think that that's right. And I don't want to spend much more time on this, but... Uh, you know, it's just one of the another thing I wanted to share on the last Tuesday show that I didn't get a chance to was keep on keeping on. That's you know, right. like it's easy to get stuck, like oh, this is just going to be a problem for the next two weeks or two months or two years, and you just put one foot in front of the other and you keep moving through it. Um, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. When the last time I was in a really really difficult place, which was probably what three years ago, is mm-hmm. when we were. I found that quote from Matthew McConaughey, the keep on living mm-hmm. quote. Just J-K-O-L. J- yeah, just keep living. And when you do that, like Todd said, you put one step and, you know, one foot in front of the other, you you come out of that hole. And it's not, there are many other tools involved. It's not just a quote, but there was something very empowering about that. And whenever you're in a challenging place, if it be because of a life circumstance or something that was surprising or grief or whatever, just keep living. JKL, sweetie. Yeah. Um, So anything else before we move on? Well. Go ahead. Something small. Sure. I heard, I was listening to Rob Bell's podcast yesterday and he was talking about the same thing we're talking about when you're struggling with something. And he was comparing, he's a surfer and he was comparing it to surfing when there was a time that he, he knows the waves pretty well, but he missed what he was supposed to do, which was to go beyond the big wave and he got hit by the big wave. Mm. And he talked about how, you know, water has an energy and it has a cycle. Mm. And when you're in what I guess surfers call the washing machine where you get, you know, that you know that it's going to go away, that you will eventually come up. Now you're still afraid under there because yeah. sometimes you can't breathe very well. And sometimes- Probably had, can't breathe at all. Right. And and you didn't know it was coming, so you didn't get a big gasp of air yeah. before you went under. So right. it's very scary. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how sometimes waves come in threes where you can get hit over and over again and just get a quick gasp and go under. But the ultimate, the the cycle of a wave is it will pass yeah. and go up on stream right. or stream, go up on uh, shore. shore. And why that, you know, it's such a great metaphor and I think it's been used a million times. Right. Water is such a great teacher, but he, you know, being hit by a wave is like being hit by yeah. an overwhelm yeah. or a depression or, a, you know, someone dies or you lose your job. It's just a wave. Yeah. And that's what he ended with is it's just a wave. And so let it run its cycle mm-hmm. and you will find air. Yep. So. Optimism. Um, my awareness of the week is that without getting specific about my daughters, and I kind of knew this, but I don't know, maybe I wasn't willing to share it, or I realized that there's one daughter that I simply have less in common with. Mm-hmm. Like our interests are different. Like I want to go to Six Flags and she doesn't want to go, or I want to play basketball in the backyard and she doesn't want to play, or I want to play catch in the front yard. And there's all these things and it made me kind of nervous. Like, why this? I'm not connecting with her the way I'm connecting with the other two. So um, I decided that I want to do things that, you know, these, all these ideas, Six Flags and playing catch, they're all my ideas. I was just going to say, those are all your things. Right. Um, so I said, what do you want to do? And she wanted to present to me something in her bedroom before. You know, after TV time was over, it was before she was going to sleep, she presented this thing to me, a school project, but she was like a presenter mm-hmm. and I was the audience. And I just kind of sat there for like 20, 25 minutes and listened to her chat and talk. 
And that was, now that's not some, I was so grateful to be able to do that, but it's not something that I would choose without thinking about it. You know what I mean? I do. Like I have to like deliberately connect with her because I feel if I don't, then a year might go by and be like, oh my gosh. Well, and again, I, I'm going to get focused on words. You are consciously staying interested in mm-hmm. her because sometimes when you say things, when, and again, I know you're telling your story and it's going to impact more people the way you're telling it mm-hmm. because you're being very honest and forthcoming. But I think that we, you know, just like your language, like I was nervous because the things I like to do, she doesn't like to do. That has nothing to do with anything. And I'm saying this to meaning that our job is not to find to have interests and then make our children do our interests. Our job is to have children in our home and get to know who they are and then meet them where they are Mm -hmm. and when possible, introduce them to things we like. Like when you say she doesn't like to play catch, just last week you said you want to play catch and she said sure. Right. And, you know, another example would be um, she's been doing this puzzle on our dining room table. And I said, well, let's do a puzzle together. And me and her sister started doing it, and she didn't have any interest in it. Right. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to do something she likes to do. And what I found out after talking with you, she looks at puzzles differently. Like, I want to finish it as quickly as I can, and I have a system to do the side pieces, the end pieces first, and then you categorize like this stupid logical way of doing a puzzle. And I think she likes to do it as like a meditation. Like she just likes to chill out and she do her puzzle. She wants to be alone. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to make it a group activity. Right. And it's her thing. She Like you just said, she does it on her timing, her way. It's a way of having control of something yeah. that is enjoyable and like you said, meditative. And I think that all these experiences you're relaying are going to be so helpful to people because we we follow their lead. Yeah rather than think they need to follow our lead. And I think we do this in all relationships. That doesn't mean we give up the things we love. It means that when we recognize, you know, like, see, I, I find great comfort in being in the room with her while she's doing a puzzle and I'm on the couch or I'm folding laundry and she's doing a puzzle and I'm there and I know we're together. Right. I feel together. Right, right. Now, isn't this interesting? I just had an awareness. Let's hear it. That you and I... Remember the whole shoulder to shoulder thing? Yes. How I'd be like, I don't feel like we're together. Yes. And you would be like, but we're here in the same place. We're together. But then when it comes to our kids, as long as I'm in the vicinity with my children where I'm doing kind of my creature comfort thing and they're doing their creature comfort thing, I feel very connected to them. And I I think that's a mom thing. Well, and I feel like we should probably explain a little bit more. So um, back in the old days... Uh, you and I would be spending time together by watching a movie or something, and that is shoulder to shoulder time. We're like looking at the or same. Or we'd thing. be working in the same room, right? And we're together, right? And you felt that that wasn't meeting the needs of connecting. You liked face to face. So, picture you know you're at a table, you're face to face, and you're communicating, you're connecting, you're relating. Versus, um, so my take was, well, we're together all the time. We're always connecting. So let's say we spend two weeks and all we do is watch TV. So let's just, for example, that's all we do. Be like, oh my gosh, we're connecting so much. And what you would say is, we haven't connected at all. We haven't all, talked at all. At right? all. So now what you're doing is that you're having an awareness now of the way that you're connecting with with me is different than the way you connect with your children. Well, and I don't even know if it's that different. I think it's a mother thing. I think there's something really wonderful. Like with you, you are more my partner. You're the person I want to talk to, listen to. 
um, express things, process things. Where my children, that's not really that's not their job. That's not their job. And so I take great. It's kind of like a lot of moms say, and I will, I'm one of these. It's so great when all the kids are in bed and everyone's put to bed, and you're like sitting in bed reading a book, and there's such a wonderful feeling. Yeah, you can, and I don't, I don't, I kind of get that feeling, but not nearly as deeply. It's like as a you nesting do. thing. Yeah. And when my when my daughters are doing something they enjoy, and I'm watching them and in the room doing something I enjoy. I don't know if there's anything better. Right. And sometimes we're all doing it together. Right. But a lot of times the way that I work, and I think this daughter you're referring to, is we don't need constant activity. Mm. There's We like more quiet. We like more um, you know, doing things on our own, on our own schedule. We don't like a lot of competition. Yeah. Um, those things don't, don't – uh, not because there's anything wrong with us. They don't fill us up. Right. And – Many people get filled up by those things or they feel they have to be active because that's what makes them feel good. And that's not really who we are. Right. But it doesn't mean we don't like that occasionally. Right. And that's the big piece is I really am not a fan of black and white. Mm-hmm. Like of saying, well, you know, this girl doesn't like to do this. This girl likes to do this. It's not true. Right. Because my daughter who is very competitive and who likes to be active loves quiet time too. And my daughter who is a little more quiet, you know, likes quiet time, she will participate in sports. Um but it's, you know, it's just, I think the big point that you're trying to make is connecting is bigger than just, oh, they don't like to do what I want to do, so therefore we're not going to connect. Sweetie, did you say something about black and white? I said that there's just a lot of gray in there. This is Michael. I always like this song. Remember that video where the faces kind of merged into the other one? I do. Macaulay was in it. What was he doing in that? They were buzz. Didn't he like have his glove on or something? I don't know. He like had his hat backwards and sunglasses? He did a little rap. Macaulay. Macaulay's best work, sweetie's Uncle Buck. No. Yeah. What do you think? You know what? I liked him in Uncle Buck. He was great. Yeah. He's cuter than a button. Okay. So um, I'm not supposed to interrupt you. We've had some some listeners say, Todd, stop interrupting. Kathy. Yes. And you know, I it's funny. We've gotten a few emails about that. Um, and I sometimes after the show will say, it's difficult for me to finish a thought when you bring in a something like that. But as long as it's done without completely overriding me, I really don't mind. I mean, usually, it doesn't make me that upset. Usually you come back to your thought, but like the... Last week, I think I completely well, killed you, your mojo. You overrode me, and then you said, "Well, forget it. We're going to move on." Right? And let's move I, on. And you and I was like, um, "Excuse me, sweetie. Keep it. Keep, speaking of moving on, I think we need to move on. Keep on moving on. Yeah, keep on. moving So, on. are you just are you saying that that you feel bad um, about the? Quote? Yeah. Sorry about interrupting you. Thank you. Thank you. I hate it. <laughs> what is? I that? hate it when people. <laughs> I can't stand it when people interrupt. <laughs> What's that? You know what bothers me most out of anything, sweetie, you, is when people interrupt me. Are you an overtalker? Today I am. I can't stand overtalkers. What about close talkers? Uh, I got a guy that I work with. His name's Ken. He's a close talker. Like, dude. <laughs> Pat, what if he listens uh, to this? He doesn't. And there's a bunch of Kens. Okay. And if, he's just super close to you? Yeah. Like, pack off. You know, it, but... People have different spatial awareness, so yes. he may not be trying to be that close to you. He just is doesn't have the same energy field that you do. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't feel the distance. Like, I definitely know people. <laughs> so, Lane, you don't have a problem with her, do you? Well, you adore Elaine. She wants to say hi. She's with her new boyfriend. What's he like? 
He's nice. Bit of a close talker. A what? You'll see. There you go, sweetie. Um, what's his name in real life? He Judge was in, Reinhold. Judge Reinhold. I, I was going to say Reinhold. Jude. He was in all the Beverly Hills. Co- oh, well, he was in Fast Times at Richmond. Hi. Yeah, he was. What am I talking about? Yes. Brad. Hey, what was, Brad. What was his last name? He's going to have the best senior year ever, sweetie. Um, what was Brad? Don't tell me. What was Brad's last name? His sister's name. Okay, there was Linda. We all know Linda. I know Linda. <laughs> I love Linda. That was Phoebe Cates. And then what was, what was what's her name's name? How's that for no memory? I can I don't know. see her. She still she still is acting. What is her name? She's on the cover of the Entertainment Weekly with uh, Samuel L. Jackson and what's his name? <laughs> My goodness, sweetie, you don't know any of this. Do you what know what you I'm talking about? Here. Take a look. There's nothing that I can eat. Here. Get a trout dog. A tr- Forget it. <laughs> Do you have any fisher that isn't breaded? It's all prepared the same way. Forget it. Get a whaler. Oh, what a clam wish. You ever hear the word blemish? You want me to eat something deep fried? Let's get out of here. Let's go. Thank you. Come again and have a nice day. A clam witch? Oh, Brad. That's when he got the other job. Yeah, he's got the big pirate hat on. You have to look it up because I'm going crazy. Okay, what am I looking up? You just look up the cast just so I can have her name because I'm Um, going nuts. Um, you want Linda's real name? No, that's Phoebe Cates. Oh. I want I want the Jessica, girl Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee. Thank you. I that's was what I'm going here for, crazy. Sweetie. First of all, she was a freshman in that movie. Yikes! Yikes! Yes, that's... that was a lot of scare. Yeah, you want to scare yourself as a parent? Watch Fast Times as a grown up. And now Cameron Crowe wrote that movie, and he spent a ton of time at a high school and in a similar kind of community, and that's what he found out crazy um and yeah that was very bothersome but we enjoyed it as kids didn't we sweetie let's move on to your five things okay so i was reading this great book by Thich Nhat han called how to love and it's just this little lovely book and you know Thich Nhat, he's just he's just the man the reason i love Thich Nhat is because he's vietnamese and he doesn't have good command on the english language so when he writes he writes in very simple terms and there's something so beautiful and poetic about that because yeah. it makes it simple. I was just reading um, something about that when Birdman won Best Picture, Thich Nhat Hanh sent a tweet saying congratulations because uh, Alejandro, yeah. he had thanked Thich Nhat in the, oh, did he like, really? the credits because oh. a lot of his understanding of life comes from oh, learning wow. from Thich Nhat. Wonderful. So I love that Thich Nhat then got that and tweeted congratulations. Yeah. But anyway, so... Here we go. So the five awarenesses, this is just a practice to keep your relationships as connected as possible. All right. And so he puts it – so it's not just with partnership or with kids. It's with everybody. Yeah. Okay? Um, And so we're going to start – so I'm just going to start with the first paragraph. These verses can be practiced by anyone at any time to safeguard our relationships. Many people have used them in weddings and ceremonies, you know, et cetera. If you have a bell, you can invite it to sound after you recite each verse, then breathe in and out before moving on to the next. Do you have a bell? Um, I should have brought my little yoga gong. Uh, yeah, like I don't a have a bell. I'm sorry, sweetie, I don't. Oh, that's a bummer. So number one, we are aware that all generations of our ancestors and all future generations are present in us. One, two, three, four. <laughs> that's cowbell, sweetie. It's close. Here he goes. All right. I'll I'll play the cowbell every time. 
Did I tell you that when we went to see Kathy Richardson, she did a whole cowbell I thing at the end? It. it was awesome. It. So it was her. Um, I heard she was jamming on the cowbell. She was. So she did her whole show, which was amazing. And then she came out for an encore and just sitting on a chair was this huge cowbell. Yeah. And so she started about 10 different songs that have cowboy bell in them. Did she play that one? Oh, yeah. that she. They started it, but they didn't sing every song. They yeah. just kind of would start it yeah. and move on to the next. But it was awesome. Everybody loved it. So anyway. That was a city winery. I last think week. I interrupted you on the first one. So the first one, we're trying to like be deep about Thich Nhat. We're playing cowbell. Okay. We are aware that all generations of our ancestors and all future generations are present in us. Why that's important is everybody that's come before you that has allowed you to be here at this space and time, there is a sense of honoring or even if the relationships weren't the mm. best. Like sometimes we look back and say... I don't even want to think about those people anymore. Well, they got to where you got you to where you are right now. Got you here, and you can have the truth about whatever the relationship was, and also simultaneously be thankful just for being here. And also for those who look back at at relationships with a great amount of, you know, like missing your mom, you know, like that connection that we that she still lives in us. Um, That everybody that we loved, our grandparents, they still we are continuing on what they began, and then we are also the models for our children. And so all future generations live in us. Like my children's grandchildren live in me right now. So there's something so profound. So number two, ding, we are aware of the expectations that our ancestors, our children, and their children have of us. Now, this one I wanted to, to... so that basically means our great-great-grandfather has expectations of who we are going to Absolutely. become. And when we say expectations, it doesn't mean we have to take over his dry cleaning business. Yeah. That's It's not about that. Every, what we know about life is a successful and meaningful life is when we do what we love and we are who we are. Yeah. We be ourselves. So a lot of times we get focused on, but this is what they wanted from me. Well, they may have wanted you to run a certain business or to marry a certain person or whatever, but that's not – That's that was their human Yeah place. The place that they're in now, our ancestors, the success of the world is dependent on our ability to be happy people and to give back. Like we give back the best when we do what we love. Mm -hmm. So just, we got to keep those things in mind. So, and our children, they're depending on us. They're depending on us to create a foundation in our family and in our world. And as we go out into our communities, and again, not a foundation of volunteering at the school every day, but a foundation of being kind people. Um, We can make choices that that are in our best interests and also be kind people. And our children are depending on us to do that so they can learn how to do it. And so we can create more goodness around us. Right. I'm with you. Um, So number three, we are aware that our joy, peace, freedom, and harmony are the joy, peace, freedom, and harmony of our ancestors, our children, and their children. Mm. So it's really saying everything right there. Our ability to feel joy, to experience a freedom, uh, to not be bound by some people are behind bars, literally, and mm-hmm. many of us are behind bars in our mind. Right. Um, to not be bound by all that and to freely express and to have build community and have compassion and empathy, that is what allows our children to do the same. So, And our ancestors who taught us that, who gave us that, mm-hmm. who taught us how to do that in their own way, even if they were just peeling one layer off their family's history, meaning you know, evolving s- – is a process. Well, we talk about evolution all the time. And, you know, what we want to do is take what our moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas gave to them and our parents gave to us 
and take what worked and re rebirth what or just do you know mix it up do something different take what they gave us that was good right and discard what no longer works in this place and time because this place and time is a different place and time than when they were parenting absolutely not only do we have different research which is scientific but we also are different people you know a lot of times we try and take on the exact role of our parents or the exact role of a grandparent we're not them and they didn't expect us to be i i get annoyed a lot when i hear a dad say well that's how that's how i that's how it was done to me and i turned out okay right it's just rubbed me the wrong way and i've shared that a million times we don't say well and it's because there's no consciousness in that Mm. there's not awareness there's just a rote memorization of this is what you do right or when people say well i had to suffer through it so i'm going to make you suffer through it yeah sometimes there's things we do have to deal with and our children have to deal with it and so did we and so we can relate but to do something purposely to have them suffer yeah. because you did, mm-hmm. it just seems like a strain. It's not very, it's not evolved thinking. Right, 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 right. So number four, we are aware that understanding is the very foundation of love. Understanding of what? The understanding of another person, the understanding of why we're saying what we're saying, the understanding of our ability to listen and be quiet, the understanding of why we're all here in this place and time. Mm. I think when he's talking about understanding, it's the, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I don't understand Understanding the big and the small. The big, the grand, the the macro and the micro. And in this book, another one of the chapters that's, it's not even a chapter, it's just a page. But it talks about how, and again, in Thich Nhat's beautiful language, when I understand you, I love you. When I feel understood, I feel loved. And that's it. That's what self-awareness is, is when you, when, and what connection is, is when I tell Todd something about me that's difficult, or maybe he doesn't want to hear, or that challenges me or that challenges him, and he listens, and he says, I love you anyway. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Is there any better? And when our children come to us and say, I'm confused, or I don't want to do this, or I'm scared. Or I screwed up. Or I screwed up, and we listen, Mm -hmm. and we still have all that space for love. Do you know how meaningful that is? Do you know how intimate that is and what a connection and how the trust is built? Right. When they come to us and say, I did something wrong and we can we lay on the guilt and the shame and the judgment, we are just like hammering away at that part of them that is capable of, of expressing themselves. Three words, and I share this all the time, and I think it came from Brene. Okay. You are enough. You are enough. And that means we, as the person who's listening to this, I am enough, and our kids are enough, yeah. and our parents are enough, yeah. and all we need to do is share that message with our loved ones. You are enough. You That's don't right. have to prove yourself to me. Just you're enough exactly. as and, you are. And here's and here's where people get confused. Can you be enough and set new goals for your life? Of course. Mm-hmm. Can you be enough and decide that one day you're going to lay around on the couch and be lazy? Yes. Like you're enough, enough in both scenarios. In both scenarios. Yeah. It's not black or white. You just are enough. You're so enough that you have plenty of opportunity to relax and take vacation and you're just as a meaningful of a person as if you're setting goals and creating new conferences for mm-hmm. March, you know. 11, March 11th and 12th, 2016. <laughs> See how I fit that in, sweetie? Nice job. Okay, number five, we are aware that blaming and arguing can never help us and only create a wider gap between us. Only that understanding, or excuse me, that only understanding, trust, and love can help us change and grow. What's the first part of that one? I'm going to read it again because I messed it up. We are aware that blaming and arguing can never help us and only create a wider gap between us. Mm. Only understanding, 
trust, and love can help us change and grow. Make love, not war. So Thich Nhat is saying what Martin Luther King said, that Kristen Neff's research about self-compassion said, that Brene Brown's research about vulnerability said, that Jesus said, that, I mean, it's all the same, you guys. We keep looking for this new information like, well, yeah, but I'm mad, so what do I do? Understanding, trust, and love. These are the things that change people. It doesn't mean that people have natural consequences for negative behavior. And sometimes in your home, there's natural consequences like you're not making good choices with your phone. Therefore, you don't get to have this phone right now. It doesn't mean you say, fine, go out and make poor choices and I'm not going to say anything. It means when I'm communicating with you about what I need you to hear or what I need you to understand, I'm going to do it in a loving way. Respectful. I am not going to make Be you little. feel like crap and, and put fear in there. Right. So it's it's really, it's it's huge. Awesome. So, so these those are, are the five, five awarenesses. Does he title them five awarenesses yeah. of what? Just five awarenesses? They are the five awarenesses of, it's a practice. So in the back of this book, How to Love, these are, this is one of the practices that you can oh, use to continue to learn how to love because love is a practice. Yep. Love is not something like, well, I love you, so we're done. It's an ongoing practice of love. Awesome, sweetie. All right, right. listener question. You ready? Yes. Uh, Since starting to listen to your podcast in January, I've really worked on making a paradigm shift in my parenting. The problem I'm having is with my oldest son. He's eight. I feel so bad because I spent most of his early years parenting him using shame, guilt, and fear. He must have internalized that because it now comes out in his behavior, which you talked about on the show, especially towards his younger siblings, ages six, four, and almost three. He's super bright and things come so easily to him, but he puts his siblings down or makes fun of them if they don't know things. Although he is intellectually intelligent, I would say he is lacking emotional intelligence and probably feels bad about himself. How do I change this? I really want to build a good connection with him and strengthen our relationship. He's similar to me in that he seems to keep his emotions inside, but I know that it's not healthy for him. How can I connect with him and get him to talk about how he's feeling? He obviously doesn't feel good, but how do I get him to change that? Words of wisdom. What do you think? Well, uh, you know, first of all, the fact that she's so aware of maybe choices she made historically and the choices she's making now and how it maybe is impacting his behavior. I mean, that's huge. You're like you're like 90 percent of the way there. Right. The the big thing here is the fact that this mom already knows that he may not feel good about himself. And therefore, that's why he's lashing out instead of trying to kind of beat around the bush and figure out a way to make our kids feel good. Like I'll say this or do this. Go right to the core of what this is, meaning next time he maybe makes a poor choice, you can say something to the effect of I know that I used to say things to you that maybe hurt you yeah. or things that made you feel bad. But I'm not going to do that anymore. Right. But I am going to sit with you and we are going to talk about or process or, you know, I I am going to need to take your phone or he's eight. He doesn't have a phone, but I am going to make choices that still keep you safe mm-hmm. because my job as a mom is to, you know, stay connected to you and, and help you make safe choices. But I'm no longer going to do the things I did before. And I'm sorry that I did those things. Well, and I think that it's great that this mom uh, even has an awareness. She says, I feel so bad because I spent most of his early years parenting him using shame, guilt, and fear. That's a, a huge... Well, that's what I mean. I mean, she already has such an understanding. Like she's done the hard part. That's right. To have the awareness. Now all you got to do is say, I'm not doing that anymore, buddy. That's right. The Todd's way is better because sometimes when I say, I'll start talking like it, like we'd talk to an adult yeah. with our kids, but I'm not going to, I'm not, that stuff I used to do where I'd make you feel bad or go sit in the corner. We're not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, and if I do, I'll, 
I'll I'll try better or whatever. You know, it's yeah. not like she's going to be perfect all the time. I'm but working on it. I'm working. I on realize it. that some of the choices I made before with you were hurtful to you, and when I hurt you, I hurt me. And yeah. these are not. And so, the example obviously you use your own personality and your own language. You don't have to say what Todd and I say, but a lot of times we'll say, "My child feels bad about themselves, so I'm going to put them in a camp. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let them go on vacation. I'm going to get." You're we're doing these surfacey things instead of going to the core of what's causing them pain. Right. And the core of what's causing them pain is I feel disconnected from you because I feel like I. I'm ashamed of the things I've done in the past and you've told me that I should be ashamed and I feel bad about who I am. So let's talk about those things, Mm -hmm. that who you are is enough, that the things I've said to you in the past, I said in anger and I am sorry that I did them and I'm still practicing, you know, because like Todd said, it's not that once we learn these things, we're going to do them perfectly, but what we do is we practice and when we mess up or make a mistake, we, we go back and we try and fix it. You know, we apologize. We choose a different way. We talk to our kids. I would talk to – did she say it was a boy? Yeah. I would talk to him and say, you know, some night before bed when he's in a good space, say, I notice that you're not so nice to your sister or whoever it is. And it's hard for me to watch that because I think maybe you're doing some of the things that I said to you sometimes. Yep. Let's go to the core. Yeah. We're so afraid to do that. Yeah. Be and vulnerable. Let's, And we need to be vulnerable because when we are vulnerable – they are vulnerable. Yeah. Role model. I had an experience yeah, the other day that... Then we got to move on. Okay. Um, that Skylar said to me, I was supposed to pack her a lunch that she could throw away. Mm-hmm. And actually, you do lunches, but she was talking to me about it. Right. And she said, you guys didn't do that. And so I had to carry my lunch with me on the field trip. And I said... Oh my gosh. I know. Well, and see, a lot of parents would say, well, big deal. They have to deal with it, blah, blah, blah. I look at that and say, she came to me with something in her first grade world that was difficult. She had to carry her lunch around when everyone else threw away their brown bag. And whose fault was that? She told us she had a field trip. Yeah. So I said, oh my gosh. I am sorry. You are right. You told me that. And I still gave you your other lunchbox. Mm -hmm. And I kind of did one of these like smacks on my head, like a funny thing. And she goes, well, that's okay. It really didn't end up being that big of a deal. But imagine if I would have told her, well, you're just going to have to deal with that. Then she would have never gotten to resolve that feeling. Right. So it's the little and the big. And then I'm done. Um, I, we need to thank a few people. We've been rocking out on the iTunes reviews from our listeners. Q Mama gave us five stars, and she says it should be mandatory listening. Oh, that's nice. Game Critic Kiki says, I am inspired by every episode, five stars. Navy Rick says, ZPR equals awesome sauce, five <laughs> you stars. You know who says awesome sauce? Who? Andy from Parks and Rec. Oh, really? That's awesome hilarious. Sauce. Uh, Bonnie LT says, perfect for me, five stars. Autumn, Radiating Awesomeness, oh, five stars. Thanks, everybody. Um, and Lauren, highly recommend five stars. So crazy. You guys are doing awesome. So thank you for all those wonderful iTunes reviews. And as we... Yes, thank you. And as we always say, those reviews obviously make us feel good. But in the bigger picture, the more reviews you have on iTunes, the more people go to the show. So it helps in the bigger way. So thank you. So this is the part where we usually promote a bunch of other stuff, but we're not promoting anything other than our Kickstarter campaign. So please go to it. Consider supporting us. ZenParentingRadio.com. Click on events or you'll see Kickstarter on the homepage. So thank you very much. Uh, my words of wisdom are not keep on trucking. Oh. It's inspired by my nephew who wears tank tops <laughs> while he mows the lawn. <laughs> 
Sun's out, guns out. Sun's out, guns out, baby. So if you're mowing the lawn, get the guns out. All right? All right. We'll see you guys next week. Adios. Bye.